You're listening to the Promised Church's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Aaron. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisedchurch.com. Amen. Wow. I'm going to try to compose myself. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Father, I am here. I'm going to preach the message you've asked me to preach. And God, we ask that your glory would fill this room. Father, I thank you that your presence is here. Lord, I thank you that everybody watching on phones and computers and TVs, Lord, are going to feel the glory of God coming to their room right now. We welcome you, Jesus, to do what you want to do. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, this morning, I want to speak to you about a topic I started a a month or so ago. And uh, um, I mentioned uh, briefly a a story that I want to kind of elaborate on, and it's uh, if you recall, sorry, I'm trying to, my brain, trying to get it to work again. <laughs> Thank you, Lily. That was amazing. And uh, I spoke a message about the rain and how I believe that the Lord is bringing a move of his spirit upon our church in this region. And uh, and it's it's coming. Wow, I just can't think right now. But. I want to I want to continue on that topic and I want you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. And uh, I want to just read through a couple of these verses in this passage of scripture and hopefully my brain will start working as I read. And uh 1 Kings chapter 18, we we hear a story about Elijah. And it says this, verse 1, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, "Go, Present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain onto the earth. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab, and there was a severe famine in Samaria. Skip down to verse 30, and it says, Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Verse 40, it says, And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let any of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat, and drink, for there is a sound of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising up out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, can you hear it? Come on, say it like you're preaching it. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? I, I know what the Lord is beginning to do because I can hear the sound of abundance of rain. I know that he wants to move powerfully in this church and in this city. And some of you may be, some of you may hear that and question whether that is possible or not. Uh, let me just give you a great example of how God can move during a time like this. In 1918, there was a great influenza outbreak, the flu. And uh, the government shut down everything. Restaurants, churches, and Amy Simple McPherson was invited to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and preach. And she wasn't going to go. And the Lord told her to go. So she went. And for three weeks, they had revival services. And many people, hundreds and hundreds of people came to the Lord. And it started the Foursquare Church Movement. During an outbreak. During a time when it didn't seem like God could do anything like that. Yet that's when God moved. Zechariah 10 verse 1 says, Ask the Lord for rain during the times of the latter rain. Ask the Lord for rain during the times of the latter rain. That word means to demand. That word ask means to demand, to crave, to persist. And the Lord is saying that those who will see the great outpouring of his spirit, those who will see the harvest, those who will begin to see a move of God, are those who will hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who will seek his face and put a demand on heaven until they see heaven come and invade earth. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, it says, then I will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain, your new wine and your oil. We are living in today the times of the latter rain. And in the Bible, it talks about the former rain and the latter rain. In the former rain, was the rain that would come to, to give water to the seeds. And it would come in the times of the winter. But there was a different rain that wasn't coming for the planting season. It was coming for the harvest season. And it was coming for the reaping. And this is a picture of what the Holy Spirit is doing across the earth. And we today are living in that time. And Jesus is saying that the time that you are living in is not the time for just the sowing of seed, but is the time for the reaping of the harvest of God. That those, that now, now is the time for salvation, that now is the time where the Holy Spirit wants to empower the church to rise up and to go be activated to see the, the kingdoms of this world come into the kingdom of light. To take the light of the world which lives in them into the light or into the darkness of the earth. And he's waiting for the church to decide whether they are available or not. He's waiting for the church, you and for me, to decide whether we are available for him to use us or not. Whether our life has room for him. He is waiting for you to decide whether you will allow your circumstances, whether you allow your schedule, whether you allow the things in your life that you feel disqualify you from being used by God. He is waiting for you to decide if you are available for his presence to come. See, the reason he asks 
or he tells you to ask for rain during the times of the latter rain is because it can be raining and it is raining all throughout the world. It is moving. His spirit is moving all throughout the world in places that you don't think it is moving in places that are far worse than Washington or America or the U.S. It's moving in India and it's moving in Pakistan. It's moving in places where they will cut off your head if they know that you are a believer. It's moving in Iran, in places where men are asking their wives, do you want me to kill you if they come in and break into our home before they rape you? It's moving in those places more than it's moving here. And I believe that the Lord is asking, will you ask for rain during the time of the latter rain? Because it can be raining all throughout the world, but it could not be raining where you are. You may not get wet when it's raining. And as I've read through this, this story multiple times, I've found it hard to relate to what the Israelites are feeling during this season. I grew up in a home where if the sprinkler was on, we didn't worry about taking a bath that night. Where if the, the faucet was left running, we weren't worrying about whether we'd have water to, to cook our meal with, that we didn't leave the bathtub full and multiple people washing it. Water was not was not a concern. In fact, I really didn't even appreciate the necessities of life. I remember going to uh, Africa when I was 16 years old and we went into the bush in Zimbabwe and uh, we were, it was dirt everywhere, mud, mud huts with, with thatched roofs. And uh, they, they cooked at a hole in the ground in a big, a big uh, pot over the fire, donkeys, chickens, flies everywhere, all over the food, no sanitary anywhere. And I'm a germaphobe. So I pleaded the blood of Jesus every time I opened my mouth. Fly, I mean, it was just disgusting. They walked for hours just to get water. They would walk for hours to get to church. And then they would stay there for 10 hours. If the church service didn't last all day, they were disappointed. Like they scheduled nothing. Like that was the most important part of their day. And I begin to get an appreciation for water, for the value of some of the basic necessities that we take for granted. And how you respond during the time of famine is crucial. And maybe we are not in a famine physically, but maybe we can relate it socially or spiritually. Where the barrenness in our country or around you or in your family or in your finances or in your marriage makes it appear as if there isn't hope for tomorrow. Where it feels very hopeless or you look around and you can't actually envision it getting better. You actually just notice it getting worse. And you begin to actually prepare and make systems of how to live within the famine. Because you've actually accepted the famine as the new normal, rather than saying, there will come a time of rain. And here the Israelites are in a time of famine for three years. For three years, they've been in a time of famine. Now, three years doesn't seem like that long, but in a time of famine, three years feels like a very, very long time. We've been in COVID now for eight months. And it feels like eight years. I can't remember the last time I went to a restaurant without a mask on my face. 
And if we're not careful, we begin to accept the normal. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about the systems of our day, but what I'm talking about is we accept that the times are just getting darker, where we look around and we begin to get accustomed to darkness coming in. We begin to get accustomed to sin being celebrated. We begin to get accustomed to those who stand for righteousness being torn down and ostracized. We begin to get accustomed to sin becoming louder than righteousness. We begin to get accustomed to the church being silent and we begin to just get familiar with it and we create systems within the famine never believing we can get out again. We don't think it'll change. And here is Elijah about ready to remind the Israelites that the famine will not continue. He's coming to them that day to tell them that even though it's lasted for three years, the famine is about to end. He never lost sight. He never stopped hearing the sound. I believe if we're not careful, we will, we will allow ourselves to accept what the Lord never designed to become normal in our lives because we allow the circumstances of what's happening around us to so influence the state of our heart that we become moved and swayed based upon what the economy, society, political system begins to dictate around us. We become swayable rather than we being the ones breathing out the breath of the Lord, doing the swaying. And the Israelites in this season, what they did was they begin to build up idols and believe lies. They begin to accept in false prophets into their midst and they begin to create a system and a culture that never looked at Jesus or rather never looked at God anymore, but rather looked at what man could do. And so in order for the rain to come, the idols needed to go away. That the rain will not flow around your idols. The rain will not flow around the things that you create more important than him. Pastor Jonathan talked about this last week. To lift up your eyes. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Because until your eyes leave the idols that are standing in front of you, until your ears start listening to the lies around you, the rain cannot come. Because, see, the fire of God is for purifying. But the rain of God is for harvest. And we've been asking for the fire here at this church. And it is purifying our hearts. We are consecrating ourselves unto the Lord. But now it's time for the rain to come. For the harvest to come. In Leviticus 26, we've read this a couple times now. Over the last couple weeks. It says, do not make idols or set up an image or a sacred stone for yourselves. And do not place a carved stone in your land to bow down before. I am the Lord your God. Observe my Sabbaths. Notice the trend of what we've been speaking on lately. And have reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you rain in its season. I will send you rain in its season if you tear down the idols, you find rest, and you have reverence for my sanctuary. Then I will send rain. The rain of the Lord cannot flow around your idols. Joshua 3, 5, a verse that we spoke on a number of times at the beginning of this year, said, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow I am doing amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves, because I cannot 
do the rain. I cannot send the breakthrough. I cannot come and bring the harvest until you have consecration in your heart. Until you have holiness and righteousness in your heart. That in order for the rain come, idols must be removed. And I believe that the Lord has been speaking that to you. He's been speaking that to me. Idols in our lives that we've been allowing to become more important than him. Things we've been casting our gaze upon rather than looking at him. And I'm not just talking about TVs and cell phones and Facebook. Although those can become idols in your lives. I'm talking about fear. I'm talking about doubt. I'm talking about worry. I'm talking about stress. I'm talking about get off of your YouTube and start getting into your word. I'm talking about getting your eyes onto Jesus and stop looking at what's happening around you. That until the idols are gone, the rain will not come. So he tells all of Israel, gather up the prophets and go slaughter them. Praise God. Go tear down the idols for rain is about ready to come. And then he goes over to King Ahab and he says, go and eat for I can hear the sound of an abundance of rain. For I can hear the sound of an abundance of rain. That even though I do not see it, even though what is around me does not look anything like it, I can still hear it. I walk by faith And I do not walk by sight. And it's important for a believer to stop allowing what you can see to dictate the faith in your heart, but to resource from your spirit and rather resourcing from what you can see. What I can see is merely in the natural, but there is a battle happening between the supernatural and revival and what I can see in the natural. That when faith collides with the natural, you must decide whether you will listen to what's in your spirit or whether you allow what you see to influence you. And I choose to allow the faith in my heart to influence me and not to allow what I can see to influence me. That maybe what I see is lack, but I can hear the provider. Maybe what I see is a battle, but I can hear the victory. Maybe what I see is not enough, but I can hear the abundance coming. Maybe what I see is depression, but I can hear hope. Maybe what I see is what's happening around me, but I've got to begin to listen and not just speak. Not just look, but I've got to hear the sound. Sometimes we do all the talking. All the talking. We've got so much to say that we never actually stop to listen. We never actually stop to hear with our ears what God is saying. I can hear the sound of revival's rain. And there is a conviction in my heart that will say, I will contend until I see it. I've I know of many pastors and churches who have made similar statements and when they don't see it, they move on to the next thing because it's, it's vulnerable. Because if it doesn't happen according to your time frame, then it may be it's not going to happen. But I know what my word says, that I will stand on the promises of God rather being influenced by what's around me. 
And this morning, I'm not speaking just to you. I'm not speaking to those watching. I'm speaking to your spirits this morning to say, let faith arise in your hearts to begin to believe for something greater than what you can see. So Elijah goes and he kneels down and he puts his head between his knees. What is he doing? He's covering his ears. He's covering his ears with his knees. Because in order to remain steadfast while you wait for the rain, you must block out the noise. You must block out the noise. And I'm telling you, Promise Church, that if you are to remain, you must block out the noise around you. The criticism, the harshness, the negativity, the fear, you must learn how to block it out. You must stick your head between your knees, shut it out, and only hear what's going on in your spirit. And let that be the sustenance to your life, not what you hear around you. That practically means like, I have deleted social media from my phone for the last four months. I don't listen to any noise except what's in my Bible. That's the only thing I listen to. Aaron, don't you know what's going on around you? Yes, I have, I have people who speak and say things. So I learn. I don't got to go searching for it. You will still know what's going on around you. And the great thing is, is when I see somebody who I haven't seen in a while, I don't know what's going on in their life. And I can actually have a meaningful conversation with them and say, what's been going on in your life? Because I technically don't know. It's amazing how conversation can happen much easier that way. Romans 10 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does your faith get restored? Not by listening to what's happening around you, but by listening to the word of God, by getting into his word, by knowing what he is saying. What is God saying during this time? He's not saying, oh my gosh, where did COVID come from? Oh my goodness, political spirit and, and division and unrest and rioting. I wasn't prepared for this. He says, no, I have a plan. And my kingdom will come and my will will be done. And that is what I will be standing on. But if all we do is we listen to the noise, we won't believe the truth. So then he goes to his servant and he says, go look. Go look at the sea and tell me what you see. This is what it's all about right here. This is where we are at as a church. Elijah there, knees covering his ears. I'm not that agile, but work with me. And he looks to a servant and he says, go look at the sea. And a servant comes back. And I can imagine as he's going, Elijah's just there interceding. He's just praying. God, let the rain come. I thank you that it's going to be here. And a servant comes back and a servant says, there is nothing. There is nothing. Exactly what many of you are thinking as I'm saying these words. There is nothing. I hear what you're saying, pastor, but I've been reading and I've been watching and I've been listening, and I know what's going on out there. There ain't nothing like rain coming to this famine. So Elijah says, 
go again. And the guy goes out again. And he comes back and he says, there is nothing. And in order for the rain to come, it requires an endurance and a commitment that you've never had. You've never been required to have before because it won't come the first or the second or the third time. And many times you'll begin to say things that will sound crazy and people around you will remind you. There is nothing. But I can hear a sound. I can hear a sound of rain. And I know you still haven't seen it yet, but I can hear it. So go look again. And he goes the fourth time. There's nothing. Go look again because I'm not going to move from this spot until the rain comes. So you best be going to look again. And I believe that the Lord is even raising up people who even when you cannot see it, you will hear what somebody else is hearing. And you will say, even though I don't see it yet, even though I can't hear what you're hearing, I will believe with you. And that faith is contagious. And I'm believing that this morning that the faith in my heart is going to jump into your heart and that faith will be deposited in you. And you're going to begin to not only hear the sound of rain, but you're going to begin to go look for it. And even though you don't see it the second or the third or the fourth or the fifth time, I will go look again. And so the sixth time he says, go look again. Elijah, there's nothing but the seventh time. But the seventh time, something about waiting. Hannah's in there praying for her son because she's barren and it doesn't happen right away. She's been asking the Lord. The Israelites march around the wall seven times. It doesn't happen the first time. The servant goes and looks at the water. And it doesn't happen the first or the fifth or the sixth time. But on the seventh time. On the seventh time. The servant comes back and he says, I can see a cloud that looks like the size of a man's hand. Most of us would look at that cloud and say, that's not big enough to bring rain, to break a famine. Most of us would criticize the size of the cloud because it's not possible that that could do what we need. And the Lord has has been showing me the clouds, the size of a man's hand and how quickly we move on from them. And we minimize. And then what we do is we create the systems to begin to accept that the famine will stay. And I believe that the Lord wants to build your faith, not just to remain and wait for it. But when you begin to see the signs of it, to not minimize them because they don't look the way that you thought they would. The sign that rain is coming should look like a cloud the size of God's hand. But instead, it looks like the cloud the size of a man's hand. Because God can use two fish and five loaves of bread to feed 5,000 plus. He doesn't need the cloud the size of his hand. He's already God. 
what he's showing you is he can use the cloud the size of your hand to break the famine. What he's showing you is he just needs you to break the famine. But I thought the cloud was going to be bigger. I thought it was going to look a lot differently. And he says, no, I just need somebody who's available. Somebody who will wait and go look again and continue to pray and intercede until I see it. And not lose heart and not grow weary and not get frustrated and not allow fear to come in and not allow doubt to come in and not get distracted and not allow compromise. Because when you go through the famine, compromise comes in and you allow yourself to accept things and to do things. You allow things to come into your spirit, into your soul, into your mind. You allow words to come out of your mouth. You allow yourself to watch things, to get your eyes off of Jesus and onto other things around you because you begin to think this is is what it's just going to stay like and he wants to remind you that the rain is coming and this morning he wants you to hear it he wants your faith to begin to be built up to begin to anticipate what he is about ready to do that I will remain until the rain comes I will I can only imagine that many people looked at Elijah as he knelt down, as he sent his servant, and they thought, yeah, it's not going to happen. The foolish ones, are you willing to say crazy things when people will look at you and they will say, there is nothing happening. Why are you believing what you're believing? Why will you just not accept what's normal? And the Lord is looking for people who will say, but I will remain until I see the rain of the harvest come. That a fire would burn in your spirit to say, I will not relent until I see the time of the latter rain rain upon me and my family and my city. And I believe that this morning that the Lord wants to bring his fire to purify you for idols to be removed in your life. Because if you're standing there and you're saying, well, why won't the rain come? I look at you and say, why won't you get the idols out of your life? And you're saying, why won't the rain come? And I say, the rain falls upon a, on a sacrifice, a pure and holy sacrifice. So I say, God, make me a holy, pure sacrifice. Because I know your rain, your fire will fall upon that. So God, remove the idols in my life. Remove the things in my life of compromise that allowed something else to become more important than you. So I say, God, send your fire upon me. And I know at the same time, I say, God, send your rain. Send the rain of the Lord because God, the harvest is ready. Jesus says this. He says, lift up your eyes. Do not say that the harvest is still four months away, but lift up your eyes for the fields are white with harvest. The fields are white with harvest and they're ready for the rain and they're ready for the harvesters if you will only rise up to go take it. Are you available? Are you available? So this morning, God, we ask, God, that there will be something that will be birthed in us and in this church. God, a faith that goes down so deep 
into our hearts that it cannot be stolen away. God, a faith so deep in our hearts, God, that it is literally the resource of our life, that how we see, how we speak, how we listen comes from the faith that is deep down in our hearts. God, I ask, God, right now that there would be a breaking away of the lies that have been believed in this church, the lies that have been believed from those that are watching. God, that says that that it won't happen, that says that it's too dark, that says that it's too difficult, that says that that used to be what happened in the good old days. But God, that's not what happens today. God, I break those lies in the name of Jesus. And so this morning, we're just going to ask the fire of heaven to come. And I want to ask you that if you're here in this building and you want to respond, you want to respond for the fire of God to fall, you want to respond for faith to be built into your life, you want to respond for the rain. Do you know that the Bible talks that He is the rain when you're like, well, what the heck are you talking about? What's the rain? He is. He is the rain. He is salvation. He is healing. He is the rain. He is who we're waiting for. God, won't you come and reign upon us and our land? And if you're watching and you want to respond to the Lord this morning, I would ask you to physically respond. That there would be a posture in your heart before the Lord. Maybe you need to kneel. Maybe you need to lay down. Maybe you need to stand up where you say, God, I'm hearing you. I hear what you're saying. And Lord, I realize I need to tear down the idols in my life. And if you need to tear down the idols in your life, I ask you to come and lay them at the altar of the Lord and say, God, you can have them. Maybe you're there and you're saying, God, I just don't believe it. I do not see it. I actually, I can't even hear it. God, open my ears to hear the sound of rain. God, we ask that you open our ears to hear the sound of rain. Open our ears to hear the sound of rain. The sound of revival rain. The sound of an abundance of rain, God. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain over us. Let it rain in this city. Let it rain in this city, God. Let it rain in Longview. Let it rain in Woodland. Let it rain in Kalama. Let it rain in Kelso. Let it rain in Richfield and Lysander. God, bring your rain to Southwest Washington. God, and we ask for the fire of heaven to fall. God, that would purify us, consecrate our hearts. God, here we are. Here we are. God, come and send your rain. God, come and send your rain. Break down the wall. Push back the door. We're ready for more. Ready for more.
Second Chronicles 7 says this. It says, this is God and he's saying, do this when I, when there is no rain. You take the, take the scripture off. Listen to my voice. He says, do this when there is no rain. When we are in where we are today, he says, do this when there is no rain. Do this. And then I will send the rain. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways and remove the idols from their lives, when they will pray and seek my face, when they will lift their eyes off of what they can see and begin to listen with their spirits rather than what's happening around them, then, then, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land and I will bring rain upon their land. When my people, when the church, not when the world changes, not when everything happened around us stops, but when my people will begin to ask the Lord for rain. So God, here we are. God, we ask for the glory of God to come. God, we ask for the fire of God to come here now. God, send your rain. Send your rain. God, now is the time for salvation. So God, come. God, come. God, come. God, heal our land. God, come and move across our cities, oh God. Woodlands shall be saved. We prophesy it. Southwest Washington shall be saved. Awaken your church. Awaken your people. Build faith, oh God. Build faith, oh God. God, break the lies. Tear down the idols. Break lies in Jesus' name. Break fear in Jesus' name. Break despair and doubt and worry and depression and stress and bring hope and joy. Let there be joy in Jesus' name that the joy of the Lord would be our strength. God, we ask for the fire. We ask for your fire. Come on, see it again. Fire fall.
Father, let faith arise. Let faith arise in our hearts. God, open our ears to hear the sound of rain. God, I ask that you would begin to create people who can hear the sound of the rain. Begin to open our ears to hear the sound of the rain. Build faith in our hearts to hear it. Every religious spirit, every spirit of fear, every idol, Father, we lay them at your feet. Burn them up. Burn them up with your fire, Holy Spirit. Father, here we are. Come, search my heart and see if there be any wicked in me. Come, search our hearts, God. Lord, we consecrate ourselves before you, not just today, not just in a moment, but God, we give you our lives. We give you our schedules and our calendars. We give you our family and our children. We give you our jobs and our finances. We give you our dreams and our desires, our aspirations and our goals. We give you our commitments and our hobbies. We give you our pleasures and our wants and our needs, God. You can have it all. Here I am, God. I am available. I am willing. God, I will contend. I will not delay. And I will persist until I see the rain. So God, send it today. Send it today, God. I will remain. I will remain. I will remain. Jesus. I want to encourage you, church, that though you may see nothing happening around you, it does not change His word and His promises. I will not walk by what I can see. But I will allow what is within me and what I can hear to dictate where I will go. Thus, I must hear his voice. I must hear his word. And that cannot happen unless I shut up and listen. And I stop to hear what he has to say. And it requires you to spend time to listen. So God, I ask you would make us a people who will wait, who will listen, who will not grow weary in the well-doing. But if we remain, we will receive the great reward, which is you. God, I thank you that the rain is coming and though it may seem like it is a tiny cloud I know that the famine is nearly over 
So God, we will sound crazy and we will say bold statements and we will look foolish because God, we can hear something that the world cannot hear. We can hear something that oftentimes the church cannot hear. So God, we will not be silent about it. God, we will be willing to be misunderstood and we will be willing for people to laugh and to mock. But God, we choose to listen to what you have to say and we choose to not allow fear and not allow what we can see to dictate the state of our heart. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Can you see it? It is coming. 